This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Heal. So the Prime Minister is in Blackpool today laying out the pitch for his levelling up fund, the round two of funds being given out. Katie, this has been a relatively big day for the levelling up fund because there's been a lot of criticism back at the government about where they've put the money. Can you tell us about what's going on? Yes. So this is a day where there are some winners, 111 winners in total, and then there were 550 requests. So if we're going to do some quick mathematics, James here, what is 550 minus 111? Uh, That is 439. Okay, so there are 439 losers, and James here is doing better when it comes to the British Sunak math challenge than me. And it's worth pointing out that This is cross-party. So Labour MPs applied for their constituencies. It's not just Tory MPs. And the actual process, much of this is done by the civil service, uh, you know, the scorecard. But I think it's fair to say that this has caused a big political row and one that is um, very much playing out within the Tory party. And that is significant for a few reasons. One is the fact that since Rishi Sunak became prime minister... We've seen multiple compromises and there's a potential rebellion, so they try and avoid a conflict, a confrontation. And I think here is probably, and and this is because this is the first, so this isn't, we're not in anywhere near, you know, is this, how much trouble is for Rishi mm. Sunak? But I think this is probably the worst he's had in terms of party management since he's entered number 10, in the sense there are quite a lot of MPs in red wall seats who are very disappointed that they did not get the funding. Obviously, some did. Lots of the headlines today saying um, there's more money for the South East than the North East. How does that fit with the 2019 electoral message? I think you can look at the data in different ways to kind of bend it, to say, oh, actually, you know, if you look at XX, and then it cancels out and therefore I think more MPs are unhappy than not within the Tory party and I think there's also a sense that some of these MPs say that they were encouraged to tweet about their bid so when they put their bids in Mm. uh, you know say that we're going for this for the area and now they feel as though they've been left with egg on their face and because they haven't done it now there's still this was the second of three rounds of funding there's still a final round to come but that's not uh, supposed to be until much nearer the next election I think Already speaking to Tory MPs, there is an effort to try and get that brought forward. And ultimately, I think that if you are going to talk about levelling up as an an agenda, they want things to point to. And therefore, you know, there's a question as to how much a a project which gets the funding now you'll be able to point to in 18 months. But, you know, potentially spades in the grounds. Whereas if you do it too near the election, um, probably very little. So I I think that is how it's going to move forward. But it's not been an easy day for Rishi Sunak, um, who's been giving, you know, multiple uh, interviews and speaking about this um, but lots of criticism from his own side right and James the government's narrative is that actually per capita the north does do better than the south but that hasn't stopped people like Andy Street the mayor of the West Midlands coming out and criticizing where the money is going but one problem that Boris Johnson had under with the leveling up agenda was that it was seen to be overlooking the south you know some some shyer Tories were concerned about what that meant for their constituencies uh, leading to you know people like Dominic Ra being concerned about their constituencies. Do you think that this is actually quite a good way for the Conservative Party to kind of 
pivot herself as saying leveling up is not just about the north i mean to some extent it was ever thus i mean always if you're going to pit mps against each other it's going to lead to this kind of zero-sum game and that's of course why the barnet formula was introduced in the 1970s was to kind of get a sort of way of taking out the politics about this and stop having mps sort of pitting them against each other on each other's throats and actually that's that could be something of interest to look at in the future because given the government's you know looking at strikes having this independent peer review to try and take the politics out of the system such an approach might work wonders with the leveling up it's worth noting that although obviously Rishi Sunak is now the Prime Minister um, you know this obviously happened the previous round of of the levelling up funds back in October 2021 they were sort of discontent about this the problem is as Katie says you know if you've got 111 happy MPs and you've got you know 439 who aren't clearly they're going to lose out I think what what seems to be the criticism I was talking to one MP last night who said that you know they were they were in 2019 uh, they weren't a Red Bull seat but they were just saying that it seems to be people with sort of super majorities or Tory majorities of say 20,000 who, who get, seem to be getting it uh, they can understand obviously not everyone's going to benefit etc there's a degree of realism in that but when you see say Rishi Sunak's with his 27,000 a Richmond seat, uh, one of the more prosperous seats in the country. Um, there's a sense of disbelief in that. And then, of course, um, you know, some also take a more cynical view, which is that, hang on a sec, this is this government giving out the funding. Why is Keir Starmer's Islington constituency getting it? So there's actually maybe a degree of disappointment to the lack of cynicism, to some extent, among some who perhaps hope this would gonna mm. help them. Given the overall message is, is, is a difficult time for the country and for the party as well, they were hoping that they could at least sort of bring home the bacon, as it were. And I think it's tricky for Rishi Sunak because levelling up is very much Boris Johnson's agenda. He has spoken about even as a backbench MP when he was at the Carlton Club recently saying to keep pushing for levelling up. And he never really defined it. So speaking to MPs, one of the things they're saying is because levelling up hasn't been completely defined, you have so many bids coming in to get this money. Some of this, and this is all in the name of deprived areas in some form, but for example, there's money going to Camden towards um, cycling. Um, you know, you, there's money going for some theatres in certain areas, and you, you do have some MPs saying, well, this might, there may be an argument for this, but it's not what they, when they won their seats in 2019, thought the levelling up agenda exactly meant. But I think there has been a failure to exactly pinpoint what it means. Um, and in the way, sometimes you want to keep things broad because then you can bring lots of things under the general idea of levelling up. But you can also see how that can be quite problematic. And Rishi Sunak, despite the fact he is an MP of a northern constituency, he tends to, I think, or at least the perceptions, he polls better in, like, blue wall seats. If you look mm. at his supporters in the leadership contest, they tend to be much more, you know, MPs in Surrey-type areas than the red wall MPs who uh, back Boris Johnson more, and then actually quite a lot of them went to Liz Truss. Mm. Not everyone, of course. And therefore, I think he is just potentially vulnerable to accusations that he is, you know, watering down, levelling up, which I, I don't think is what exactly is happening here. But I think if he talks something up as much as Boris Johnson did mm. as a, a pledge, it's just really hard to then meet that. And Tory MPs want to have something to put on a leaflet. They feel Boris Johnson told them plenty of times at the 22 committee, you will have something to put on your, you know, your campaign leaflets on levelling up. And lots of them are now looking and thinking, well, I don't have much time to get that. Yeah, and it's partly we talk about leaders, Boris and Rishi, etc. But it's a party problem, too. I still think that, you know, for all the excitement around levelling up, there's still a lack of appreciation or understanding of what it means within the party. And it means different things to different people. Is it just simply about handing over pots of money? Is it about actual genuine, like, political devolution, giving away those powers? Um, and so I think the party still hasn't really wrestled with that. And it's, there's a still details to be filled in on that, which are why the, the Conservatives, I think, really... I mean, there's been talk this week about them actually ditching... The slogan, I wouldn't go necessarily that far, but I think that there has been a lack of understanding both on Labour and Conservatives about what it actually means. And people say, mm. OK, well, what do you actually mean by giving it? And which areas? I mean, we all think of the Red Wall, but, you know, you talk to 
MPs from the southwest, they point out we've got areas of deprivation in the southwest. You talk to people, you know, London has more poverty than the rest of the country. Obviously, nine million people in London, there's a great deal of poverty there. I mean, but then you know, you're giving it to the south. So I really think that I mean, the problem with this approach is that it does lead to you know one group of MPs against another. And as we've talked about elsewhere in this podcast, you know, the party at the moment is more of a coalition with different with fractures and caucuses, etc. So it does can put them at each other's throats. And Katie, the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer, is not in Blackpool or in the UK today. He is actually in Switzerland at Davos. You've written in this week's issue about why Keir Starmer would want to attend the World Economic Forum when Rishi Sunak isn't going. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, Keir Starmer today has suggested that Rishi Sunak should not have missed Davos. I mean, I think he's got quite a lot to deal with today in terms of um, angry MPs. I do think if Rishi Sunak was in Davos, as lots of the Red Wall MPs were kicking off, it would be a a worse situation than the one he faces today, which isn't plain sailing. And I think ultimately, if you look at their two weaknesses, Keir Starmer, in terms of Labour more generally, has to fight this idea that they're anti-business, dangerous on the economy, and that they made good progress there. But obviously going to Davos, I think, is something that helps with that. There's only two areas where I think on recent polling, Rishi Sunak is ahead. One is on the economy, and the second is on working well with foreign leaders. <laughs> so, so Davos is also a bit of a no-brainer mm-hmm. for looking as though... and Because that's one of those things where almost... You obviously have an advantage as your prime minister and therefore you look prime ministerial just by walking around and doing your job. And then I think for Rishi Sunak, there's a perception that he is potentially out of touch, that he is a Goldman Sachs high flyer, millionaire, married to the daughter of a billionaire, and obviously is, is a classic Davos person. So he needs to focus much more on domestic priorities. So I, I think no matter what Keir Starmer says, I don't think anyone in Downing Street is um, having second thoughts about Rishi Sunak's decision to stay at home. Katie and James, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. Now, if you enjoy this podcast or any of our other podcasts and you want to work with amazing people like Katie and James and myself, then we have a vacancy for research producer. Uh, If you go to spectator.co.uk forward slash research producer, you can find out more. Uh, And it's basically helping us get to grips with issues there on everything from economics to the labour market to the green policy. And it's a great place to work. So do check it out.